everyone. Welcome to Risk Roundup. Cybercrime has now surpassed illegal drug trafficking as a criminal moneymaker. With millions of annual cyber attacks, cybercrime is a real threat to anyone using computers, smartphones, tablets, Internet of Things and other gadgets on the Internet. That number means there are over thousands of cyber attacks every day, hundreds of attacks every hour, and nearly few attacks every minute. Either somebody's identity is stolen every few seconds, or someone's confidential data is stolen, or someone falls prey to financial loss as a result of cybercrime. This is a serious cause of concern. Each individual and entity across NGIOA, that means nations, its government, industries, organizations, and academia, use the computer, internet, and cyberspace every day. From accessing social media to shop, do personal or business banking, book, travel, listen, watch, or read news, and sporting events, uh, most tasks and activities are now being done in cyberspace using the internet. Thinking and believing that connected computers and cyberspace is safe and secure at this point will be the existential threat to our lives and safety and security of our nations. Cybercrime is a rapidly evolving threat to each individual and each entity across NGIOA. No longer is cybercrime a dark phenomenon limited to just few opportunists. Cybercriminals are serious professionals and the cybercrime industry operates exactly as legitimate businesses on a global scale. From financial crime and corporate espionage to cyberbullying and cyberterrorism, the cyberspace has become a very safe haven for all manner of criminal activity. What perhaps began as an intellectual exercise by some hackers has now evolved into a criminal industry that includes not only elite coders, but also business savvy frontmen. While there are bot holders who control botnets, there are also cashing out specialists, support staff, marketing people, and financially savvy business people. Cyber criminals have become increasingly professional, and for many, the old hacking ethical code seems to matter little, very little, as the call for profit takes over. The threat posed by cybercrime is getting bigger than ever, and it's growing exponentially. When the most successful criminals are those that are able to hide behind the anonymity that the cyberspace offers, and people are far more likely to be victimized in cyberspace than in geospace, it is a cause of concern to each one of us. As cybercrime continues to evolve and puts every one of us at risk, there is no escaping the blatant realities of today's interconnected and interdependent world and the risk it brings to each one of us. So the question is, how do we prevent cybercrime? To discuss how to prevent cybercrime, I'm delighted to welcome Eric Wernerstrom. Eric is the Director General National Council for, Sam for Crime Prevention, Stockholm, Sweden. Welcome, Eric. We're delighted to have you on Risk Roundup. Thank you very much. I'm delighted to be here. Wonderful, Derek. So let, let me begin by asking you a very fundamental question for the benefit of our global viewers and listeners. What is a cybercrime? How do you define a cybercrime? Well, uh, it's, it's a highly relevant question. Uh, in my mind, it, uh, uh, the cybercrimes come in two different uh, categories. There are crimes that are specifically targeting the digital equipment that we are using, what we can think of as a, 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 the, the typical hacking uh, crime, so to speak. Um, the other category would be uh, traditional forms of crime assisted by digital equipment, 
think of fraud, which is perfectly possible to, to commit outside the digital framework, but that is uh, assisted by the technology that we are using. So computer-specific uh, uh, crimes and computer-assisted crimes together make up cyber crimes in my mind. That is a very good, you know, distinction that you made and very good definition and description that not all crimes happen on in the cyberspace, but, you know, it happens because of the added, you know, technology that we have using smartphones and using, you know, uh, other, you know, means of uh, uh, doing the crime. So the, it seems that what you're saying is that cyberspace and geospace are integrated. So the physical activities also, you know, and the cyber activities, they are both intertwined. So they both are collectively adding to the enormity of the cybercrime that we are seeing across nations. Mm. Yes, you're, you're absolutely right. Uh, I mean, we, we, have, uh, we have changed the, the dimension in which we carry out our lives. And, and, and a good, good part of our lives are, today are carried out in a digital dimension. Uh, which is the dimension that criminality is also moving to, along with everybody else. Yes, very true. So, Eric, do you think the cybercrime is a new phenomenon like that has just started in online like, last few years? Uh, no, uh, I, I have participated in legislative efforts uh, on a, both European and, and national and international level since the, since the mid-90s in trying to tackle the absence of uh, adequate legislation to combat cybercrime, but it has cer certainly changed over the, uh, the past 10 years or so. If what we saw initially, um, let's say during the 90s, which is when um, f fairly brute forms of, of uh, hacking uh, attacks were, were, were being uh, rolled out, and, and certainly some forms of fraud as well, what we've seen in the past 10 years is, uh, speaking from Sweden, but the picture looks similar in other countries, is an increase of, uh, for instance, uh, cyber fraud increasing with over 200% over 10 years. So it's an explosion that is taking place right now. As we are moving our own businesses into the digital di dimension, opportunities for crimes arise as well. Yes, you are absolutely right about that. So how do we prevent cyber attacks? But it's um, there's no easy route. But uh, in 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 any sort of, of effort to combat or prevent a crime, uh, sci scientists in this area speak about a triangle of crime: three different uh, uh, conditions that need to be present in order for a crime to be possible to take place. First of all, a, a determined uh, perpetrator, and we have plenty of those. We need a, a place, geographical or uh, virtual, where we have an absence of uh, capable guardians. And third, we need a, a, a promising target or a promising victim. Uh, and uh, we can choose either of these three sides to, uh, to try to prevent crime. And where we can see that we have been failing so far, uh, is in particular when it comes to the targets, that is to say, ourselves. Uh, we, we, are, we are extremely soft targets, and as long as the favorite passwords are ABC123, we are going to remain very uh, likely targets for cybercrime. 
Yes, absolutely. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, we need to create education and awareness that everyone has to constantly update their passwords and login details. And we also have to be very socially, uh, we need to develop that social media savviness because, you know, there are a lot of crimes happening because we are using, you know, so much uh, social media and uh, people are not aware of what to do and what not to do on that. We have to secure our mobile devices. We have to protect our data. So there are a lot of things that we can do. We have to, we have reached a point where we have to pre uh, protect our mm -hmm. digital identity. And that, that is the reason this uh, education and awareness is so important. What we are doing right now, uh, discussing this is going to be so important for each and every individual across nations to understand that uh, it is very important that they take all these steps to prevent and you know protect themselves from the cyber criminals so eric how do cyber criminals do the crime can you share some uh, insight onto that well the, there is a if i look at the most common uh, forms of committing cyber crime for money at the moment in 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 in, in my part of the world uh, it is uh, it, it is not necessarily very sophisticated forms of crime. Uh, it is fairly often um, uh, pro pro purporting to provide a, a merchandise and and uh, uh, and then defrauding the the victim by either uh, not delivering the merchandise or by by by, by uh, uh, creating a bogus transaction. Uh, that the victim will 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 pay for. That, that's the most typical. You can use techniques such as phishing. Uh, we all receive, even though our our spam filters try to sort them out, we we all receive these uh, extremely uh, beneficial looking uh, offers on a daily basis. We simply are asked to click on an an active link in order to come very very close to the um, a very good deal. It seems. Uh, and as long as people keep falling for these uh, uh, for these uh, uh, schemes, um, th there will be uh, there will be no true Darwinistic development among the cyber criminals. They don't have to be more sophisticated than that, unfortunately. Yes, yes, you are absolutely right about that. And then there is also we see. I mean, in addition to the financial crimes, we also see theft of personal data, confidential data, copyright infringement. And also, you know, what worries more is about the, what is happening with the child pornography, cyber stalking and bullying. So cyber bullying and all this, uh, these are all very, you know, difficult uh, to grasp, you know, cyber crimes that are happening. And uh, can you share some light what are nations doing to prevent these kind of crimes like cyber bullying and cyber stalking and uh, child pornography and uh, Espionage and all. You, you, you're quite right in pointing to these, uh, to these uh, different forms of crime crimes. Uh, yeah, sure. uh, they, they, they are increasing on a on a frightening level. Uh, a, a big challenge for any country trying to combat these crimes is that, although the totality of crimes committed is huge, uh, each and every one of these crimes normally carry a frightfully small. Uh, penalty. Uh, so in order to allocate resources for either prevention or law enforcement in this field, uh, it, it, uh, it requires some, some, some 
some new approaches that few law enforcement agencies are using yet. You mentioned earlier uh, large-scale uh, financial crime, and I think that is one area in which we can seek some uh, inspiration. Uh, when combating large-scale economic crime, uh, law enforcement agencies do not go after the individual transactions. That, that would be a futile exercise. Uh, instead, you would look at uh, a number of central actors in a specific uh, criminal uh, field that are extremely active and, and starting from the individuals rather than their acts, uh, it is, is, is uh, better chances of being a successful in, in uh, combating this crime. But uh, you also, you also asked about what is taking place internationally and concerning the crime types that you mentioned, I have only seen uh, some successful steps being taken in the area of uh, child pornography. Uh, efforts have been taken ever since the so-called Budapest Convention was uh, signed in uh, 2001 uh, between a, uh, a growing number of countries that are cooperating very, very close, uh, closely uh, in order to combat uh, child pornography, exchanging uh, operational information, digital information, and also uh, graphics uh, seized in different operations. They have made some uh, uh, some, some very successful uh, law enforcement measures, sometimes cooperating as many as, as uh, bet between 20 and 20 different countries at the same time in order to uh, haul in a whole ring of uh, uh, of, of criminals uh, uh, trading in, 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 in pornography. No, that is a good development and I'm really glad to hear about that there is, you know, some movement happening to prevent such horrible crimes. So that is good to know. Now, Digital Global Age has brought crime as a service-based criminal industry. Who would have thought that, you know, such a criminal industry will be operating just like a service-based you know industry so how do we deal with it because they have their own centers they have their service professionals they have their marketing people it is just like any other industry mm -hmm. it's true uh, and and um, uh, we, we are, we're definitely fighting an up <laughs> it's an uphill struggle at all times since uh, they, they they are they are feeding from this 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 trade, as you rightly point out. Uh, they have a very strong incentive to to uh, to keep it from the uh, eyes of the authorities. But uh, when when it comes to uh, particularly child pornography, I think it's easier to motivate law, law enforcement agencies to devote substantial resources to fight this this crime than, for instance, would be the case of. Uh, small amount cyber frauds behind every uh, instance behind every image of child pornography there is a uh, a gruesome crime uh, uh, taking having taking place sometimes in in real time sometimes in in in, in the past um, someone has been terribly hurt and that is normally a factor that you can uh, use to motivate any law enforcement agency on the face of the earth to uh, to uh, to work a whole lot harder yes yes you are absolutely right about that so eric how do we create a culture of security across nations to these kind of crimes mm -hmm. because it's very it's such a 
humongous task that you know it is very difficult to educate and create awareness to each and every individual that these are the kind of crimes happening and these are the kind of measures you need to take to create a culture of security How, what steps can we take well i i think um, we, we 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 shall have to to meet again and speak about this often i think because uh, it, it's it's going to take time, but you mentioned a few uh, steps uh, earlier during our conversation. Um, what, what I would like to see is information being shared in starting in school, just as we inform the the, the children about the traffic rules and and look look both directions before you cross the street, etc. Uh, I would like to see the uh, digital savviness being uh, uh, rolled out in in schools, but not only that. I it, it goes, every individual, but also every company uh, need to realize that they are potential targets at all times that need to be, targets that need to be hardened. Um, uh, I think we need to be uh, also a bit tougher customers uh, when it comes to the services that we, that we buy and procure. Um, a lot of people spend a lot of time and, and negotiating effort in trying to find the best mortgage uh, uh, provider when, when, when buying their, their home, uh, comparing different offers and, 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 and really giving the, the, the providers a, a, a good negotiation for the effort. Do we do the same when it comes to digital services? Do we accept that a uh, card issuing company provide me with a card with no pin code uh, if we as long as we accept that type of services uh, we, we are going to be soft targets so I think there's a huge uh, responsibility uh, lying with with each individual when it comes to the government efforts we need to ask ourselves how we best utilize the law enforcement resources available and they will never be adequate for all the crime that goes on but, uh, for instance, a person who has been defrauded, having participated in a, a, a net auction uh, promising to provide a new iPhone for $25, is that uh, really where we should be spending our law enforcement resources if someone if, if makes such a bad deal? Or should we rather focus on... Uh, 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 informing the public that if something is so, sounds too good to be true, it probably is. That you you made some really good point that you know we do need to develop a culture of doing due diligence, like how we do it. You know when we are buying something, just the way you know we have to do due diligence on the in the cyberspace, and that's a very good point. Now you know there is another point that you mentioned about that you know every organization, every small business. Uh, uh, also have to take some steps to prevent cyber crimes. But the challenge is that a lot of these small entities, I mean, most most individuals, I would say, that and small entities across uh, NGIOA, that means nations, its government, industries, organizations, and academia, they don't have sufficient resources to fight their cyber battles. I mean, they, people, you know, and small companies, they buy these anti-malware uh, uh, softwares. They... A lot of them, you know, don't uh, show that effectiveness to 
and they have to keep changing there are a lot of other kind of you know expenses involved in uh, buying right hardware buying right software you know educating people all that requires a lot of resources and a lot of you know individuals don't have that a lot of small businesses don't have that. a lot of small organizations don't have that so how to you know fight cyber battles when we don't have enough resources mm. now that's um, I'm, 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 i wish i had a a a, a simple answer to to your question uh, what, what i I, I think the the first twenty five percent of the of the answer lies in in what we already discussed about raising awareness. Uh, I, I think that many small businesses and, and organizations are perhaps not even aware of the fact that they are vulnerable, um, and and that they can uh, that they may even try to put up uh, uh, vending routines online that they are simply too small to be able to. To, to to manage, they do not see when they should be seeking help. Um, that's the first part of it. The second part of it is there are, uh, once we have realized that we are vulnerable, there are services that uh, I grant you some of them will be too expensive for, some, for individual persons or even for small businesses to procure. But with growing awareness, I, I have a feeling that there are business opportunities for those providing security here as well, uh, in order to make sure that that, that uh, 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 Joe's garage on the, on the corner simply do, does not need the type of, of uh, security package as, as the, the high street banks do. Um, so there is a market portion there waiting to be filled as well. Right, right. No, no, that that is true. Now, a lot of uh, crimes are happening through emails. Individuals and entities across nations, they get all kinds of emails with mm -hmm. malwares in it. So how can individuals and entities distinguish between those that whether this is a genuine email or whether this is an email that is that has some uh, malware associated with some kind of virus associated with that if because a lot of times it comes from your friends and family's you know address book so it would be very difficult for you to know whether it is you know actually coming from your connection or whether it is a uh, fraudulent email that is try, uh, you know trying to do some uh, criminal activity through that email so how to distinguish that mm. Well, uh, in the example you you, you gave Jayashree on on the uh, emails coming from from persons already in your address book, that's extremely difficult for any individual to to distinguish between. Uh, and I don't think any individual can really solve the problem either. What it it uh, though the 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 computers that we that we are using, we we have to. It's it's really basic and it's it's really the uh, almost the the boring stuff that we often skip uh, that that would help us in, in these uh, uh, situations. Uh, make sure that your computer has the latest patches and updates and system updates, uh, and that your security software is is properly configured and and that. Uh, keep strong passwords uh, and and uh, not only to log into windows but also on your router and and, and on your mobile equipment etc uh, using the available soft uh, security software is really the only way i think we can use to de defend ourselves against the 
malicious code coming in the form of, of uh, emails from seemingly friends. Right, right. And I think maybe there is also another approach that uh, if it's a business, then maybe they can encrypt their emails, company emails and their communication. So that is probably another way. Maybe, you know, all individuals would not have access to probably that encryption capability, but certainly, you know, businesses can uh, do that. Now, from your assessment, do you think the anti-malware softwares are effective in preventing cyber crimes? I'm, I'm sorry, I missed the last part of your question. From your assessment, do you think the anti-malware softwares are effective in preventing cyber crimes? Uh, I think they are the, the most effective method we have to date, but they will always be uh, one step behind those developing the malware, unfortunately. So we, we, we have no better solution than the anti-malware uh, uh, software. But you, you're absolutely right in, in also uh, mentioning the importance of encryption here. Uh, one, one thing that, that uh, uh, part of the awareness raising needed is to, uh, to, 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 uh, for, for all of us to realize that we have, we, we have a number of golden eggs uh, in the way of information. Uh, first and for foremost, our identity uh, that, that we need to guard. If we are a business, we will have more information than that. That is absolutely crucial to keep out of the hands of anyone wishing us harm or anyone uh, competing a bit too, 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 too roughly. Uh, so um, encryption is definitely one way of trying to, to, to make sure that your, your golden eggs are, are, are safe. Um, that is a good point, uh, Eric. Now, you know, uh, we discussed already the, about the child pornography, that how nations are coming together to prevent this uh, horrendous crime. But what more can nations do independently and collectively to prevent all kinds of cyber criminal activities? Uh, well, I think that uh, the, the, best, the best platform for cooperation that we have seen so far uh, internationally is, in my mind, the Budapest Convention, which is uh, not, which is an open convention, open to all continents uh, of of the earth, and that have members uh, already signatory states participating from all uh, corners of the world. Um, there are some occasional attempts to set up alternative structures. I think that could be detrimental. We have one functioning uh, system for pooling our resources, our scarce resources, sharing information on, on, uh, on, on criminal activities. Uh, this structure also, also works fairly close with Interpol, uh, which brings together more than 150 police forces uh, in the world. Um, these let, let, let's let's uh, let's not overcomplicate by creating additional fora, but rather uh, focusing our resources on this. Uh, then we would have better chances. We have we have enormous challenges in uh, uh, in. Uh, uh, for, for instance, in, in, in monitoring the, the dark net, uh, yeah. is not possible. So a lot of the transactions that that uh, 
that are either the res the result or or the, or the embryo of a crime will be uh, taking place in the dark net, which we cannot really monitor. And there is a challenge. Uh, a, a single country will not be able to solve that problem, so we need to cooperate. Likewise, uh, with with certain forms of payment uh, that that uh, that makes it extremely difficult to trace payment for uh, for contraband or for child por pornography. These are challenges that we need to to uh, to pool our resources if we are ever going to have a chance of. of uh, solving it yes absolutely absolutely now let's talk about the denial of service attacks i mean we know that a lot of businesses their websites are uh, attacked and they you know are going through this denial of service attacks where you know a lot of computers try to access the business website all at the same time and that the spike in demand would make their website you know temporarily unavailable so how can the businesses, small businesses, you know, uh, large corporations, how can they prevent denial of service attacks? Mm -hmm. Well, to, um, to pre preventing them, we, 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 we can only prevent some of the negative outcomes of the attacks. I don't think we'll be able to prevent the attacks themselves. Um, some technical solutions will be difficult for small businesses to uh, to acquire unless you uh, unless they would pool their resources together with other companies of the same size um, what what is usually required in order to uh, to uh, ev evade the negative consequences of a cyber attack is to rapidly uh, relocate your golden eggs on a server uh, from one place to another where it's no longer in harm's way. Uh, now, th this can be done in, 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 uh, in, in most servers. The, the larger they are, the, the, the more space there is to, 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 to relocate the sensitive data that is being attacked. Uh, and and uh, uh, I think anyone that is not trying to if, if, if a small service is trying to uh, to, 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 uh, to run their own servers, so to speak, um, they, they are they, they need to be sure that they could cope with an attack uh, and, and, and consider whether they would be better off buying that service from someone with much more capacity than themselves that could easily switch from one server to another in the event of a denial of service attack. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Now, we know that, you know, uh, over the years, there is a lot of interest of stealing data mm. by the cyber criminals. I mean, they want to know your uh, intellectual, they want to have their intellectual property data, they want to know your business ideas, mm. they want to steal anything that could give other nations or other, you know, competitors who are going to buy these, you know, criminal uh, data that uh, the cyber criminals have stolen that, that that they would get an edge because of that so how can nations or how can any individual entity prevent those kind of data theft because that data once it's stolen it would they would lose the competitive edge that you know they have within their industry or you know within their nation so mm -hmm. how can that kind of theft uh, you know criminal activity be prevented mm -hmm. It's it's um, 
and it, it's 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 happening as we speak, as we, as we both know. Um, uh, we have, uh, what if, if we start with the individuals? Uh, many of us do not read the fine print before before we we tick the box and say I agree. Um, not realizing how much information we are giving permanently away when we sign up for certain services. Uh, we're in the dilemma though, because we wouldn't be able to enjoy those services if we didn't tick the box. Um, but I think we need to be very, very much aware of how much information that we are giving away and ask ourselves, do we really want to do that? Now, the type of criminal activity that you refer to, uh, I believe at the moment is uh, more and more targeting the retail side of business where a lot of this information that could be useful in the event of uh, uh, for, for, for criminal activity is being stored it's business transactions it's credit card uh, transactions etc stored en masse in a particular location if 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 we realize that this is a particular uh, vulnerable joint in the body so to speak uh, then we should focus our efforts in preventing crime precisely there um, that's as much of an answer as it, as I can give um, we, we, we can figure out where the information is stored and we can also figure out that this is where it is likely to be stolen from Yes, no, it's it's fair. I, I understand your point in that, and it's uh, it is a challenge. It's not going to be an easy effort. Now we know that security, especially today in a digital global age, we cannot depend on government for security. Security is about you know no longer a government affair. It's an NGO affair, as I would say. That means everyone has to get involved. Nations, its government, industries, organizations, academia, and individuals. So security is about people processes and technology and to be able to prevent cybercrime requires integration of NGIOA and its people, process and technology. However, it seems some basic fundamentals like NGIOA integration and understanding of effective security framework, processes and technology is not there in most entities across nations. So how, how can a nation create the awareness about such critical gaps when they don't have the fundamental framework for that? Mm. No. This is perhaps the, the, the largest dilemma of them all. Um, a, lo a lot of governments would no doubt like to provide the, the, the safe haven for their own citizens and the businesses uh, in, in their own country to, make, to, to offer that and say, here you are, this, this is a safe environment, please carry on your business inside here. We guarantee the security around here. But they simply, it's, it's beyond the power of any individual government to do that, as we, as we both know. Uh, what, 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 what is the next best thing that we can do? Uh, apart from raising awareness, well, for, uh, I, I think go governments have to, have, have to make a good example for the citizens and the businesses in their own country. Um, governments have the, uh, through the legislative power, the power to, to demand of their citizens and the businesses to provide no end of different information about the activities that we are carrying out and, 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 and uh, whether we are paying taxes or not. Um, and uh, to 
I, I think governments owe it to their citizens and their businesses to demonstrate that the information that you provide to government and that you are required to provide to government, we take very, very good care of that. And, and that uh, just like charity starts at home, security should start at home as well. And it's, it should start with governments uh, really making a good example. It, it doesn't solve the, the problem that you point to. Uh, mo most businesses are not taking place in the government's sphere. Uh, but I, I, I think th this is one, one step that needs to be taken. Um, for, yes. No, I, I, I agree. I mean, it's a very complex challenge. So the solutions uh, are also very complex and they're not easy. If they were easy, we would have already taken care of this yeah. problem. So I understand your point in that. It's a very complex situation. Now, while cybercrime began as an attempt at gaining bragging rights by, you know, some uh, very smart, you know, hackers, by you know just you know to prove that the intellectual capability that i'm able to hack in mm -hmm. now it is all about money making all mm -hmm. these cyber crimes are just focused on that that intellectual curiosity is no longer a part of this it is all about making money and this is very dangerous preventing this is very very complex mm -hmm. so I would wonder that what created this transition from just an intellectual exercise to all about, you know, profit-centric, you know, criminal activity, what created this uh, whole uh, industry? Um, well, uh, probably many contributing factors, but I recall a an interesting report uh, made in 2014 by the uh, International uh, the Institute for Strategic and International Studies in Washington, D.C. Uh, I think they did it together with McAfee, uh, which made, using World Bank data, estimating the size of uh, cybercrime globally at that time. And it ranged some, from so, somewhere between three, 375 to 575 billion U.S. dollars annually. Now, uh, this would be a, a good portion of the economic growth globally that is attributable, attributable to the digital economy. So the di digital economy is growing and, and world economy is growing with it, uh, which, makes, which means there's more money to be made also illegally. <laughs> yes, yes. So, so that's part of the answer. The, the, in the early days, there weren't much business taking place in the internet, so anyone interested in, 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 uh, in uh, exploring the, 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 the outer perimeter of what was legally possible, th there wasn't any money to be made, simply. That now there's true. money, so yes, yes. A, a strong motivator for, for, uh, for, for criminals to move into this area, especially as wherever these criminals will be looking, they will see extremely vulnerable and occasionally gullible uh, victims waiting to be defrauded. Yes, yes, you know, very true. And uh, doing crime in geospace requires, you know, a lot of resources. And then if they got caught, they would be sent to jail. And uh, some of them could lose lives also because of that. But doing crime in cyberspace 
is pretty safe if you compare to what could happen what are the consequences for doing that so we don't have the legal framework that would scare you know these lot of criminals that are rising that would you know uh, that okay let me not do this i may lose my life because of this or i may you know have to go to jail so uh, there are still lot of gaps you know in legislation and uh, nations haven't come to a point where they define that whether you know doing a small crime in geospace how is that more criminal than doing such a horrendous crime in cyberspace where you know people just get away you know because of that so there are very serious challenges but there is also another challenge eric is that uh, there are a lot of fake antivirus softwares that are available you know in cyberspace and a lot of individuals and a lot of businesses they fall prey to that so how can nations prevent fake antivirus software makers is there are reports that scammer scams frighten users into buying you know fake antivirus softwares hmm. well um i th i think one one avenue that at least i i normally suggest to to uh, government actors seeking to improve their information security and it security is to uh, to move towards um, using standards Referring to standards, if there's ever procurement of services, do not try to invent the the, the, the requirements uh, on, on your own. If there are standards available, that would make it so much easier for you. Alongside with standards, uh, you, you, you could easily foresee, for at, at least for government services, um, to uh, have certification of certain products and, and, and services so that you know that they have actually been tested we wouldn't buy a car that hasn't been tested properly uh, and and if, if we are, 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 are to to provide a, a a shield over our golden golden business eggs we we should make sure that it's been properly tested and that there's a stamp of approval on the on the equipment that we are using yes no that is a good point and that is a good suggestion i hope that nations collectively individually and collectively develop those standards for the benefit of their you know communities and uh, businesses and industries and individuals so now so there's also another point that cyber criminals are now becoming experts at social engineering mm. they now know how to manipulate users into performing actions or revealing information we see that on Facebook so many times, you know, this kind of criminal activity happening. What implications do you see for this? And how do we prevent this kind of uh, criminal activity? Because it's so difficult for users, you know, they see some uh, news in their feed and they think it's legitimate. They click on that and uh, they, are, they fall prey to this crime. It's true. I, I think this is... Um, uh, but, but I'm, I keep coming back to the need for awareness raising, but I think also that the uh, there are the savviness when also dealing with this uh, problem is uh, it varies with, with also with different age groups. Uh, if I look at uh, my own capability. Uh, of of dealing with this type of of uh, the risk of being socially manipulated in order to give away information on the net, uh, it's a fairly new phenomenon phenomenon for, for me. Whereas for my children, they have never experienced anything else than being on Instagram, on Facebook, knowing that 
if someone starts speaking in a particular way, you just shut them off. Uh, I have no experience, but a young person like like my children or, or like you uh, would, would, uh, would be much more savvy than someone my age. Yes, yes, you are absolutely right about that. We have to learn from our children. You are right about that. Now, you know, the, as we have you know been talking that uh, this uh, criminal activity has become so corporatized, it it acts as a you know legitimate business. So mm -hmm. now there is a lot of fear that you know they would end up creating some schools about you know teaching about cyber criminal activity, and it is said that small cyber criminals will not start their criminal activity going after the big names, let alone, you know, nations or uh, big industries or big businesses. They will start small. So they they will, you know, learn the techniques, understand linkages, understand how to, you know, do the crime and then, you know, go after uh, their big targets. So do you see a possibility of the current self-learning initiatives by cyber criminals that it may get replaced by formal cyber criminal schools? Mm. Well, um, I, 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 I can see the development taking place as, just as you describe it. Um, whether they will, uh, whether they will actually progress along a learning curve, I couldn't say. Um, but you mentioned one point that uh, that we can clearly see happening, and that is when we speak about the risk of identity theft, we, we should we should keep in mind that it's not only individuals' identities, but it's actually, in particular, small businesses as well. They run such, just as much of a risk to being hijacked for criminal purposes as uh, as as uh, any individual, and and. The, the awareness of this, I think, is is is, uh, is not as big as uh, the risk of being the target of individual uh, identity theft. Um, there are the the same methods that can be used, for instance, by there are commercial services that will alert you to any time someone is using your social risk, uh, security number in order to in connection with. with requesting a credit line somewhere, for instance, you will get a notification. The, uh, similar services are available for company registration numbers to make sure uh, to, to minimize the risk of, of being exposed to identity theft. But whether we can uh, actually work on the criminals themselves, if you recall the, 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 uh, the triangle of crime that I mentioned additionally in, in our discussion here, uh, the the side of the triangle that I think we'll, we'll have a tough time in attacking is the determined uh, assailant or the determined perpetrator. That's probably uh, the side of the triangle we will not be able to influence. So we have to work on the presence of, uh, uh, of guardians and on hardening the targets. Yes, yes, you're right about that. Now, let's talk about different forms of cyber crimes. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about, let's start with the cyber extortion, where criminal gangs, they threaten to close down your business in cyberspace if the, if the money is not paid for, you know, what they're asking for. So how to prevent cyber extortion? Well, what, what they are normally using is, is uh, uh, ransomware in order to, to carry out such an operation. And uh, some forms of ransomware, if, if, if we keep updating our, our, our firewalls and our security software, we should be able to capture 
uh, a good a good chunk of those uh, ransomwares available, but not all of them. The, not the not the state of the art uh, types. Uh, we we uh, uh, on the awareness raising side, we should we should we should all be aware that that paying the ransom will not make the problem go away. Uh, so uh, again, probably. Uh, Encrypting your hard disk uh, rather than uh, uh, m m making it possible for, for someone to to introduce malicious code to to uh, to extort you would be yes. one possibility. Although I couldn't say it would work on every every uh, occasion. Yes, yes, you know I understand that. Now the second is information theft. I mean, mm. it is similar to cyber extortion, except that nobody is asking money for the information that is being stolen, but it is still stolen. A lot of times, companies uh, or small businesses or even large businesses they don't even know that their information is stolen. So, how do we prevent information theft? Mm. I think for, uh, in particular, for for companies, there is an ISO standard, international standard, uh, available in order to to. Uh, to to work as diligently with your information resources as you would with your financial resources, um, a lot of, a lot of companies, for a lot of companies, dealing with information resources is something for the IT department, but it never enters the boardroom, for instance, and I I, I think that is a that that is a big mistake. This is definitely a management issue for all companies. Uh, they must. The, their goal is their information, and they must treat it as treat it treat it as such. Yes, uh, you made a very important point, Eric. That it's not an IT issue. Everyone, even at the board level, they need to be familiar about all this. You know uh, that is going on. So that is a very good point that you made there. Mm -hmm. Now let's talk about fraud. Fraud yeah. has many different you know disguises on the internet or in the cyberspace. I mean, you could. Uh, get the fraudulent activity can happen through emails as we talked earlier or in many other ways so how to prevent fraud hmm. well fraud is is um, uh, probably the most lucrative uh, type of criminality and and the type of crime that we have seen most increase in um, apart from awareness raising i would say that um, uh, the, well, awareness raising is, is perhaps the most important uh, uh, way to avoid fraud. Um, but but um, um, I'm sorry, could could I ask you to repeat the question? No, no, I, I, how to I, prevent fraud? I mean, this is a very complex challenge, Eric. I understand, uh, you know, that it's not going to be easy responding to this because it has... Right now, we don't have enough adequate tools or technologies or processes or even legislation to prevent this kind of fraudulent activities. So, uh, I mean, to be able to prevent fraud is very complex when we don't even know right now what kind of fraudulent activities happening on the internet or, you know, because there is people don't even reveal that when they go through fraud. You don't see a lot of transparency. A lot of, you know, businesses uh, are also preventing, you know, disclosing that information because of, you know, a lot of uh, 
consequences they see is that it would damage their reputation or they would you know get some lawsuits or a lot of different reasons that they don't reveal that they have been you know victim of fraudulent activity individuals a lot of times they don't even know that so to be able to uh, define or describe or you know come up with a strategy of how to prevent fraud is very difficult at this point what we are doing right now is just a starting point to talk about it what are different things that are out there what are criminal activities going on in cyberspace we are just at the first step of discussing that to be able to come up with an effective strategy is going to be a long way we have to you know uh, work towards it so let's move to the other point eric about the identity theft mm -hmm. there is a lot of you know challenge uh, serious challenge that we see about identity theft there are a lot of people individuals that are falling victim to that so mm -hmm. how can we prevent that what are nations doing to prevent that it's a it's a very good question uh, we have uh, uh, there have been uh, attempts in 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 different countries to to launch uh, uh, electronic identity cards for instance uh, government provided identity cards this is normally possible to do in fairly in, in in smaller countries but the larger the country and the larger the population that more of the more of a challenge this is uh, but th that's one way of uh, avenue of going um, when it comes to ways of preventing identity theft i would say that um, we we uh, uh, we we keep uh, we tend to keep giving away information uh, a bit too generously uh, that makes it possible to to uh, to steal our identities, but we are not we are not always assisted by by uh, by companies that we are dealing with. For instance, if, if uh, um, address changes can be done without showing identity in a particular office uh, concerning a a line of credit, and it will turn up at the uh, at the perpetrator's address or, or or a third address more likely uh, we we here i believe that we should be perhaps putting demands on those that we are buying services from that i i will not deal with a company that does not insist on knowing who i am before uh, opening an account with them for instance yes, uh, yes. we we must become tough customers yes we have to be tough customers and we have to be smart customers. You're absolutely right about that. Now, we talked about exploitation of children, the pornography and all that. And what you, you know, mentioned is the good news that, you know, nations are getting together uh, to prevent these horrendous crimes to little children. So that is a good sign. Now, how about intellectual property theft? I mean, there is so much uh, IP theft going on by the cyber criminals across nations. Mm -hmm. Everyone is trying to steal the industry secrets, you know, the company proprietary secrets. So, how can we prevent that? Well, th this is this is much more of a challenge. Um, we we do not have the same social stigma over uh, stealing ideas as we have, for instance, in in vending pictures of child pornography. Uh, so, um, it was difficult to cooperate internationally on the protection of intellectual property rights even before the advent of the of the internet and it hasn't become any easier i'm afraid uh, so so here we have a, a 
I, I think a much longer way to go, and I really cannot see any 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 uh, any signs of a solution. Some of them perhaps uh, comes. With, I mean, I mean, if you, if we take services that were not available ten years ago, services like like Spotify, for instance, uh, or similar services that make it commercially possible to uh, to uh, maintain the intellectual property rights of uh, of, of certain services, uh, altering the pricing mechanisms for these services uh, in, in, in good order. That, that's an example of an area that only 10 years ago was perhaps prone to a lot of intellectual property infringements but the market has created a, a possible solution too. If this is pos possible when it comes to patent rights, for instance, I really couldn't say. I, I cannot see how that service would look, but uh, let's be hopeful. Yes, yes, no, we have to be hopeful. Now, let's talk about phishing and wishing. Well, you know, a lot of financial information, like bank account records or credit card details, are you know tried to be the cyber criminals try to steal by sending out uh, messages that looks like it's coming from a bank like authentic messages to the recipient informing that they need to comply because their account has been you know frozen that to reactivate they have to click on certain link and a lot of you know some people they fall prey to that because they are not aware about you know that these kind of uh, fraudulent emails could come to them you know they think that their bank is contacting them so how to prevent that yeah well I, I i i can see a lot of um, many banks are informing their customers uh, clearly that we we would never communicate in sensitive information with you via email for instance uh, but i think they cannot say that often enough um, apparently since people are still falling for those uh, for those phishing emails um, but apart from information i cannot see how 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 otherwise we could uh, we we could uh, could avoid them. I, I some of them are fairly cleverly made. Some of them are poorly made, and you can see that they have been using online translation uh, resources in order to move, move from one language to another. So that's easy for for, for you and me to spot. Um, but some of them are, are fairly cleverly done, and I can see how someone who has hasn't been in touch with his or her bank for two years could maybe hesitate uh, asking should I should I push this link or not yes very true information very is the solution I think yes it is absolutely and you were right about that that we need to create awareness uh, that you know every bank should notify their customers that we would never correspond with you by email so yes. that way you know they would understand that you know that email is not from their bank and you know but those kind of uh, guidelines should be there and that uh, would educate the people but let's talk about the legislation now yes. as with most technology related crime i think that nations lag behind in legislation for cybercrime at all levels if you look at local level or state level or national level or federal level or you know global level every at every level you see that we are you know behind in defining the legislation for these cyber crimes mm -hmm. what are your thoughts well i couldn't agree with you more um, we have it, it is seldom we uh, in, in, in the 
history of humankind that we have experienced such a rapid development that alters the way that we that we um, uh, behave and do business with each other and communicate with each other in such a so short span of time and le legislation simply doesn't happen that way it 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 it's, it needs time and it needs uh, a lethargy uh, in order to be secure. Um, what what uh, uh, we we can also see it we can see it so clearly in the terms that we are using when we speak about it. Both you and I have referred to hacking, which is not something you wouldn't find in any piece of legislation. But we both know that this is one of the problems that we are dealing with. We just spoke about phishing, which we don't find either in any piece of legislation. Uh, legislation is simply uh, uh, for for good reasons and uh, carries a lot of inertia in order to be precise. But th this inertia is is really detrimental when it comes to uh, providing a legal framework to to save us from the the downsides of the the new technology. But yes, I have yeah. a country that has really mastered this time in history uh, and making sure that the perfect package is there so everyone is struggling to various extents yes you're absolutely right and then this you know the legislative cycle how you know nations uh, create legislation it was so slow i mean it mm. would take them years to define a legislation but in cyberspace and in a digital global age we don't have that kind of time to wait for years to come up with an effective regulation or to even define it. So I, I think it's the whole nature of how countries or nations, you know, come up with legislation would also probably need to change to meet the needs of the digital global age. But yeah. it seems now that cybercrime is not going to go away because there's so much money involved, too much money involved. And criminal gangs are too organized to just walk away you know, out of their good heart thinking that, okay, I need to do the right thing. Let's not, you know, do the cyber crimes. That's just not going to happen. So unless drastic measures are taken within the criminal defense system, the economic fallout from cyber crime is going to surpass probably all other organized criminal activity happening in geospace in a very short period of time. So where is this all going? Because when crimes are so profitable, why would uh, people, you know, want to do some things that give them so little money? Yeah, yeah. I, th I think when we when we one day uh, will write the history of the legislative history of the early twenty first century, um, I, I think when we try to put the record straight, we will say that well, this was a couple of decades when the legislature was struggling with on on the one hand, not dampening the growth of this digital economy that was growing globally by providing too much legislation and on the other hand trying to find exactly the right levers to 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 move in order to rein in the the uh, the criminal opportunities that that became apparent in this new economy and it was a struggle that went on for maybe 20 years or so um, but, but uh, I, I, I think that is what's happening. Um, the, 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 the balance to find is, just as you rightly point out, where, where we run the risk of losing trust 
losing the trust in in carrying out uh, e-business, for instance, because we do not see uh, how how we could do it with, without the risks being too large. Um, and and uh, but we are not yet at that point, I believe. Otherwise, the digital economy wouldn't be growing as fast as it is. Yes, yes, you're absolutely right about that. And that is that threat of losing trust in humanity or in other human beings or, you know, how we live and how we can use the cyberspace, you know, effectively. That is a critical risk now. And there's also another, you know, very serious challenge is that anybody, almost anyone can become a cyber criminal. Mm. Any, you know, any kid who is very smart in uh, this uh, uh, computers or programming that it could sitting any place in the world, they, he can, he or she can create uh, uh, very devastating, you know, uh, loss for anyone or any entity or any country. Mm. Anybody sitting, you know, in mountains or anywhere, they can create. Uh, they can do digital crimes and they can create uh, havoc across nations. So. This is this puts an ever increasing pressure on law enforcement to keep up. How will law enforcement keep up with this kind of rapidly growing, enormous, you know, challenge that they are facing? Mm. Yeah, th this is um, apart from legislation lagging behind and and law enforcement never having enough resources for all the crimes we want them to fight. Uh, we have. We, we have an additional challenge here in that, I believe, and that is the fact that we have even the, the legislation that we do have in place is not necessarily internalized in everybody, everybody. Uh, when it comes to most crimes in the, in the, in the physical domain, we, we will know in our backbone when we approach the line we, we may not pass. Uh, for the person, for the for the for the young kid that you just used in your example, uh, do, do, does that child really feel that I'm approaching a line here now? On the other side is something illegal. As long as I do not do this or that, I, I'm 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 fine. Do we do we feel the same way when we are moving in the digital domain that we can spot the criminal activity so just as easily as we can? Uh, in the street, for instance, I'm not sure we are there. It's going to, it takes time for for humans to adjust to this. Yes, it does take time, and it will take time. You're absolutely right about that. Now, there is another part that we, you know, did not discuss so far is that crimes happening through smartphones. Yes. Many consumers, many consumers assume that cybercrime can only be committed if a user uses a computer, yeah. but with this mobile, you know going growing so rapidly the landscape for criminals is expanding into mobile devices they are more interested in you know doing crimes on mobile devices and now with the release of new innovative consumer friendly smartphones such as iphone and you know others the every, almost everyone is using smartphone now yes. And so more and more businesses more and more non businesses individuals everyone is using accessing the internet using the mobile device so that you know creates a lot of complex interconnections and interdependencies and uh, uh, challenges that uh, is very hard very difficult to manage mm -hmm. from a security standpoint so how do we prevent smartphone cybercrime mm -hmm. 
it's it's a very good point. We we have <clears throat> again. I think it comes comes down to to uh, spreading information uh, about the fact that what we we tend to think when when we when we think about the computer, most of us will see something with a with a keyboard. Uh, we're still stuck in the old typewriter type of um, image of the computer. Uh, we do not see the the fact that the the smartphone is re it's not it's not a phone at all. It's it's a computer um, with, with with voice capacity. Um, we, the same comes with a smart TV sitting on our walls, sometimes with a with a camera on it, and and and. Uh, Many many times switched on for hours at a at a go without most of us paying that much attention to the fact that it's actually a computer sitting there and it's hooked on to the broadband and to the internet. Um, some of the some some of the uh, uh, denial of service attacks the the big big attacks using botnets here in Europe have actually used computers in in uh, refrigerators uh, for controlling refrigerators as launching pads for the uh, for the signals used in the service attack so we absolutely have to get used to the fact that computers is not just what we are using to to write emails um, it's actually and the more we go into big data machines speaking to each other's etc we have to be aware of that. I sometimes get get uh, we we are embracing the new technology, and we should rightly do so. But we have to be aware of its downsides. When we are all using these, uh, what do you, I'm not sure what you call them in English, these biorhythm uh, bands that people use to measure their their pulse and their blood pressure. Uh, now smartphones can do that. You are absolutely right. They can do I'm that too. Yeah. Yes, the whole uh, the whole field is changing and with the internet of things. Exactly. Now pretty much everything will be connected. Every object like, you know, smartphones, smart enterprises, like you said, refrigerator, then, you know, TVs and, you know, appliances, you know, microwaves and uh, dishwashers. Everything would have the capability. Everything will be connected to the internet. Yes. So that to define how to create strategy for security is going to be a very complex challenge. Oh, yes. It's going to be so complex. And then another point is about the cloud. Mm -hmm. Everybody is moving towards cloud to store their you know, data. And now yeah. the development of a third-party cloud storage technology has assisted cyber criminals as large batches of data are now you know, available in the cloud. So they don't have to hack too many different individuals or too many different entities because all the data, they just have to hack one company who has their cloud and they will have access to all the data. So preventing how the cybercrime happening to masses by hacking just one cloud company mm -hmm. is a very difficult and challenging task. What do you think? Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, the, cloud, the cloud is always somebody else's computer. Um, and and we we have to be aware of that that we are we are giving it to somebody else. It's, it's, it's just it's not just an anonymous anonymous cloud. Um, if and and we have also to be aware of the fact that we if we are if we are taking the step to put 
valuable information into a cloud, we have to be, uh, we, we really have to know, know not only our customer, but also our service provider. Where is, where is this cloud located? Will I be able to call upon the law enforcement agencies of my country if something, uh, if something untowards happen, happens in this cloud? Or is it located in another jurisdiction that I cannot really access and ask anyone for help? Um, it, it may be tempting and it may uh, save you from having a lot of storage capacity yourself. It may even save you some money but uh, have you really considered all the risks? These are questions I, I normally ask uh, agencies when they, they, they are considering using the cloud. Yes, that, that is the best uh, starting point to ask questions so that you know that gives them an ability or opportunity to think about all these different consequences that uh, they could you know, face because of uh, their, what they are trying to do in cloud or you know, in any other now there is also one another you know heartbreaking point about we talked about child pornography but we also see that hundreds of kids die due to cyberbullying mm -hmm. and uh, from your assessment do how many nations have an effective cyberbullying law because you see you come across this news you know so often that you know some kid committed suicide because of cyberbullying mm -hmm. that is very very difficult to you know read or you know hear about those kind of news so what are the cyberbullying laws? Are they effective enough to prevent such uh, criminal activity by, you know, just uh, some peers uh, or students, you know, that uh, are doing that? I, uh, I'm not sure we could legislate more, uh, but uh, I think when it comes to cyberbullying, the dilemma is the degree to which we accept that persons are anonymously using certain services online if we accept that we will have we also accept a tone of voice in the communications uh, that will not non-anonymous uh, exchanges of information normally are socialized into not spilling over into the bullying type but uh, but anonymity sometimes uh, present possibilities for, for, for bullying that you do not find elsewhere. And that is, that is difficult. Um, what, we, what we should ask ourselves when it comes to young persons is um, whether they are aware of the, the, uh, the parameters around the, uh, the forum in which they are engaging in various discussions that these are these are anonymous persons. They are likely to say the most uh, extreme things to you. Um, and and if, if, you, uh, if you do not wish to, to uh, run the risk of being exposed to that, you should not, you should not really go into this, uh, this fora. Or, uh, we, we are, but on the other hand, this is... The, the reality that we see and on the encouraging side uh, I know of, of uh, several services that will cooperate with, with the uh, with law enforcement to um, to enforce crimes that are, are crimes of hatred crimes of, of threats uh, that are being perpetrated in these fora so there are some promising signs but it's it's um, 
hair striking the balance between the right to anonymity, free speech, it's, it's extremely complex and we yes. have no easy answers for it. Yes, there are no easy answers. You're absolutely right about that. Um, this is going to be our last question because I know you are a very busy man and uh, you have so many activities going on. I have taken so much of your time and I really appreciate that you agreed to come on Risk Roundup and pleasure. you know shared all your insight because this is such an important topic area that you know almost everyone is you know at victims at some point because of the cyber criminal activities and to initiate a dialogue by which we can start educating people start you know creating awareness i think it's a big step and you know people uh, individual uh, individuals and entities across nations would benefit from uh, this dialogue and our global and view global viewers and listeners are going to benefit tremendously from what you had to say today so thank you so much for that the last point we should discuss is that we know that all these all these cyber crimes or criminal activities happening in cyberspace we are not going to be able to prevent that by just having legislation but there are some you know criminal activity we will be able to prevent because of you know effective good legislation so what kind of legislation if you had the power what kind of legislation you would like to you know each and every nation to have so that we can have an effective cyber criminal uh, activities uh, or we can create effectively, we can prevent effectively cyber crimes. Mm. Well, I think um, one, one make, making sure that uh, we, we've spoke, spoken a lot of, 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 uh, uh, of child pornography, for instance, uh, which is con content-related uh, cyber criminality. Uh, we can see the advantages in most countries having a similar criminalization of this phenomenon. It makes it so much easier to cooperate over the borders of countries when we know that on both sides of these borders, this a phenomenon will, will be criminalized. Then we can shake hands and exchange information. Uh, that's a good example. Another area in which I think we we can achieve a lot by, by legislation is to make sure that we uh, that we uh, uh, maintain the capacity to look into uh, um, uh, to to the the. Uh, his, uh, historical traffic data of uh, of service providers in the events that certain crimes have been committed, that we know that the log, log files will not be empty if uh, law enforcement agencies with a warrant uh, approach the service providers and ask for their assistance in uh, solving, a, solving a crime that has already taken place knowledge about the fact that this uh, the tra historical traffic data is being retained with service providers is, I think, uh, also a preventive step. Yes, those are good points, Eric. And uh, again, thank you so much for participating on Risk Roundup. Uh, uh, our global viewers are going to benefit tremendously from what you had to say today. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Okay, so the cyberspace mostly consists of internet and anything related to computers, which means data transfer, online banking, emails, software data storage, hardware, and networks are all under the cyberspace umbrella. 
Cyberspace has gotten so extensive that now it includes all electronics such as cell phones, mobile phones, banking systems such as ATMs, Internet of Things, and you know much more. The challenges and complexities of evolving cyber criminal activities and security has crossed the barriers of space, ideology, and politics, demanding a constructive collaborative effort of all stakeholders across NGIOAI, that means nations, its government, industries, organizations, academia, and individuals. When the changing nature of threats are bringing new sets of challenges and complexities, collective cybersecurity brainstorming is a necessity and not an option to have an objective evaluation of what is a threat and how can it be secured. Cybersecurity requires an integrated NGIOA approach with a common language across CGS, that means cyberspace, geospace, and space. While appropriate hardware and software is a fundamental necessity, establishing effective cybersecurity framework Integrated NGIOAI approach structure processes are even more important. In addition, a united NGIOA front on criminal defense laws against cyber crimes is a growing necessity. If criminal defense laws cannot be implemented on a global scale, then geographic areas are going to need to consider implementing these laws that cross jurisdictional boundaries. Risk Group Cybersecurity Risk Research Center and Strategic Security Risk Research Center are created for this very purpose so that we can identify, evaluate, and manage the risk facing NGIOA in CGS, that means nations, its government, industries, organizations, academia, in cyberspace, geospace, and space. And because we can discuss, debate, and define necessary framework, structure, processes, tools, and technologies to manage the security risk of not only the digital global age, but also of the coming technological superconvergence. We at Risk Group believe that risk management, security, and peace walk together hand in hand. Though security is related to management of threats and peace to the management of conflict, risk management is related to management of security vulnerabilities as well as management of conflict. And it is not possible to conceive any one of the three without the existence of the other two. All three concepts feed into each other. We believe that the security we build for ourselves is precarious and uncertain until it is secure for everyone across nations. Tradition becomes our security. So if we build a culture of managing risk effectively, it will lead us to security and security will lead us to peace. Let's manage the existing and emerging risk together. For more information on the risk roundups, to watch the risk roundup videos or hear the risk roundup podcast, please go to riskgroupllc.com. And do not forget to subscribe and share. Until next time, I'm Jayashree Pandya, host of Risk Roundup, signing off. See you next time. Thank you.